Welcome to Fearless in Devotion, a light-hearted look at all things Wrexham AFC. Obviously, if it all goes to plan, we'll um, move from Tier 2 into Welsh Premier League, ultimately, potentially Women's Champions League, which would be unbelievable if uh, if we can have a Wrexham team back in Europe again, which would be lovely. Croeso Noel, welcome back to Fearless in Devotion with me, Rhys Williams, Tim Edwards, Andy Gilpin and Liam Randall. Uh, it's a pretty glum atmosphere in the Fearless in Devotion virtual studio this week. The undefeated run comes to an end at Meadow Lane. What did we make of it? Um, I think this is the first time we've done one of these podcasts when we've actually lost, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think so. Uh, yeah, that was... I don't know. I mean, if if you, if if Carlsberg did losses, it would be something like that. It would be losing your, your top goal scorer the day before, then losing the guy who's come in to replace him, then having to put a, mid, a, a like a, a, a an attacking midfielder up front, not really adapting our tactics enough because we were really on top in that game. We were taking it to them. I thought it was only a matter of time before we were going to score because they were low on confidence. But we gave them a little bit of room in the, in the centre of the field. They started to play themselves into a little bit of a little bit of confidence, and then they scored from probably their only chance in the game. And even even then, we still had a chance to to equalise at the end. It's just quite it's just quite one of those gutting things that happens in football every now and again. Even the last thing when when Nerlat got sent off, but he actually managed to take one of our players out as well, which meant we were still 10 on 10. That's just a Wrexham way to lose a game. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty lousy. I mean, we're recording this three hours after, after full time. So I've kind of, I, I, was, I was bouncing at the time because I, I just felt like we were sort of robbed, basically. However, I've kind of parked the result now because, you know, the bottom line is the wider ramifications of, of the off-pitch stuff, you know, obviously Kwame losing him for the rest of the season um, is massive. Ponticelli looked really good, I thought, when he was on the pitch and he was obviously visibly upset when he pulled up. Um, so with with those in mind and the fact, as I understand it, we cannot recall Bickerstaff or indeed uh, Bobby Grant, it leaves us with a bit of a mountain to climb, really. So um, we'll, we'll see what, what Keats is made of now when it comes to that. Um, he's definitely got more headaches than he than he was um, imagining um, when he got up this morning. So, yeah, it's a rubbish result, but you know, it's it's only one game, and we've got some big games coming up, and we're going to have to do it the hard way. Um, I think you look at the context of it, and it's um, it's quite difficult to take, isn't it? I mean, really gut wrenching to lose Kwame Thomas for such a large period of time when we've talked about him recently, and how much of an important player he is to us. Um, but I don't know. I just I still can't help but feel that that was a match that we should have won. I mean, I don't want to be too cruel because it comes off the back of such a good run of performances. But it just felt to me a bit more like this type of performance that we would talk about. I guess before we started this podcast, really, um, Wrexham perhaps started really well, peppering their goal, quite a frantic opening period. But then maybe just sitting into old ways, a bit reticent. It might sound a bit a bit harsh, and it probably is, you know, um, after such a good run of form, but it's hard not to feel deflated after that result. Yeah, it was it was gutting, wasn't it? And the context matters, doesn't it? Because where are we now? How bad is Ponticelli's injury? Such an important run of games coming up. And even if it's not that bad and he's back quite soon, it still means we've only got two strikers with 12 games to go and they're coming at a rate of knots as well, two a week. It does feel like it's, I don't know, a big sort of hole has been sort of punctured in our season a little bit. Kwame has tweeted while we're on air, so to speak, um, saying that he'll, uh, he'll be back stronger and better. And then he's followed it up in with... a week? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's then followed it up with three good or bad. It remains the same hashtag God's plan to which uh, Ben Williams has... has has replied in fashion, saying, pretty shitty plan, Kwame, but I'm sure you'll be back even stronger and hope we will see you back in a bed shit next season. He's got a point to be fair. Fearless in devotion, calling out God there. 
<laughs> but let, let's keep this podcast a little bit more lighthearted. We're all gutted, but you know the season's not over. There's still uh, uh, time to go. Games to six pointers to win, and um, we've also got another special guest uh, in store for you today, Gemma Owen, who's the head of female football at Wrexham. Before that, though, just want to pick up on some of your correspondence, as always. Now we've had some feedback that the. Uh, music that we play in between speaking is unbearably loud compared to our voices. We've many different words used to describe the volume difference. Uh, now, I should say it has nothing to do with me. I've taken swift action to sack the intern in charge of the sound, so it shouldn't be <laughs> a problem. Yeah, <laughs> Should, shouldn't be a problem from now on that the sound technician has had the boot. Um, we've also uh, had a message as well from Terry Stott, uh, got back in touch he of the uh, Gatwick airport cleaner incident of uh, last <laughs> week was... <laughs> um, so he has pointed out that the following definition also applies to arouse which is to awaken someone from sleep so technically he wasn't in the wrong there but we okay. maybe yeah, sorry so, Terry yeah, yeah I mean listening back we probably were a little bit too uh, whimsical there Terry. The, the, the Gatwick Airport cleaner incident sounds like the worst B-movie. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the worst porno as well, to be honest. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt there, Terry. And he's also pointed out that I skipped over the most important part of the story, which is true, which was that he fell asleep, missed his stop at Gatwick twice, ending up in London and then back in Brighton. So sorry about that, but they got a bit excited about uh, our, our... You got a bit aroused. We got, <laughs> got a bit aroused by the aroused misunderstanding. <laughs> Time to welcome this week's special guest, uh, the head of female football at Wrexham, Gemma Owen. Th- welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you very much for asking me. Really appreciate it. May as well get your uh, thoughts on today, even though it's. Uh, I just said we'd try and keep it upbeat, but um, what, you know, what did you make of it? Oh, well, I mean, we started off really well. Started off really strong. Um, I mean, obviously, losing Kwame was. A big blow, I th- and I'm sure everybody else thinks that way as well. I mean, yeah. he's he's come into some great form, hasn't he? And and he's been he's been absolutely brilliant um, up front with with Dior, obviously. And yeah, finding out, I think it was actually you, Tim, that I saw broke it, if you want to call it. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. And then it's like, oh no! If usually, if if you put it on there, Tim, then there's going to be something in it. Um, and oh, then, I don't know about that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Easy oh, to bless you. Um, and then obviously it was formally announced, wasn't it? Short, shortly after. Um, yeah. So it was a, such a shame. But obviously Jordan coming in, and I thought, you know, it's okay. Well, you know, we 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 should still be able to to do something here and. And then obviously lost him quite early on, didn't we? Um, with with his hamstring blessing. So, yeah, great start though. Really great start. Really positive start. Probably should have put some of those chances away. If you know, talking from somebody that obviously isn't a professional player, so you know it's easy to watch, isn't it? And and you know, think about what could have happened. But yeah, unfortunately, it did come back to bite us a little bit, didn't it? So. Yeah, tricky, tricky game after that, but you know, I've, I've still got faith, still got belief, still plenty to play for. Absolutely. Can you just sort of tell us what was your first real experience um, following Rex, and when did you first sort of become aware of the side? I would say it would be around sort of the very, very start of the 90s um, when I started to go and watch Wrexham. Um, mm. Predominantly because of my dad. Right. Um, my dad, a um, couple of you sort of made know my dad from the ground. He's one of the stewards there. Um, has been for a long, long, long time and still and still is uh, one of the stewards there. So um, both myself and my eldest brother started to go along with him. Um, the the beauty of it sort of back then really was we we travel in with my dad so we'd need to be there two hours before like all stewards um i don't know if that's still the case but it, it certainly mm. was then so we'd we'd go myself and carl would, would go and sit in the in the yale paddock and just sit there i mean there was no one around apart from the staff the stewards um so we, we you know we had essentially had the ground to ourselves it was it was absolutely brilliant um and we loved it um and then 
what, what we used to do because we were always sort of hanging around as what would have been then sort of, I don't know, seven or eight years old. Mm. Um, we used to go and be asked to go and put the corner flags out. Oh, well, that's great, isn't it? Amazing. Honestly, I can't tell you. It's, it's just little things like that that, yeah, yeah. that just made it for us. So we'd go and put the corner flags out and every now and again, you know, we'd end up on Granada, Granada Goals Extra a couple of times and sitting on the on the advertising boardings, which obviously you can't do anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, talking to substitutes and what have you. And uh, Jimmy Case is one who stands out as one mm. of those, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a character. Exchanging chewing gums, which was very random. Um, wow. Obviously, not, not pre-chewed Oh, on. yeah, I was going to say, how <laughs> were they pre-chewed? <laughs> um, I, was, I was also going to say, is it in a case? But... Oh, no. oh, they, oh. I tell you, yeah, you're uh, in this job for a reason, Andy. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, those kind of, those kind of moments and, you know, they, li- they live with you forever. You're now heavily involved with the, the women's football setup. So you're head of the Racecourse Community Foundation? I am. I'm one of two of us. Um, okay. there, there's a, a, it's a joint role to actually head up the foundation. How that really came about was um, our previous manager, mm. uh, did he, he moved on to, to other things. Uh, and between myself and, and Steve Dale, um, who runs it with me at the moment, we didn't want to completely come away from the on the grass stuff, if you want to call it that. So how, how it worked out for us is we could still do the, the hands-on physical delivery sessions yeah. and head up the foundation as well. So, yeah, cool. we've, been, we've been in post for two, two and a half, nearly three years now. It's quite an exciting period for the for the women's football team because I, I think I'm right in thinking it's the first time the club have really sort of, well, how can I put this? The, the club has really started to put some funding towards it. I think there was there was a women's team beforehand, wasn't there? But but how sort of close were the links then, and and how's that? How's things? How things changed? Um, yes, you're right. Uh, there was. Uh, there was a, a team previously um, who were actually uh, really successful at the time. Mm. Uh, they did play in, in the top division uh, back back in when they were they were playing. Uh, unfortunately, that that did fold. Predominantly, I believe that you know it's just lack of finances, lack of being able to, to travel to South Wales most weeks, um, right. and, and it, you know, as a, as a an amateur sport, which women's football uh, certainly at our level still is. Um, you know, obviously the girls work and they, they work full time, most of them. So trying to travel down to South Wales to play, um, which is where the majority of the teams are and, and well, still are, but were at that time. And uh, I think it just, yeah, it just took its toll, unfortunately. So there was about four or five years where there wasn't a team. Right. Um, and then we at the foundation resurrected it, restarted it, you know, however what you, you want to term it. And. Um, and that was a couple of years ago. Um, so we we run it on the club's behalf, essentially. So, um, yeah, it's, the, the, it's been difficult. I'll, yeah. I'll say that we're, in terms of um, funding. Well, started from scratch again, really. It, it, it was. That's exactly what it was. Um, we at the foundation have worked really hard to get the, the, the groundwork set up. Mm. So the, the, the school sessions that we go in to deliver, uh, girls-only sessions, community sessions, and then our under eights to under 16s teams that we've got. So, yeah. and then the most natural step after that was the women's team. Right. Um, so, yeah, still, still fairly new. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely thrilled to be getting the, the backing we've got now. Have you spoken with Ryan and Rob directly yet? No, no, unfortunately <laughs> not. Although, uh, if you're listening, boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I am free for a phone call uh, <laughs> at any time. Um, no, unfortunately not. Um, not directly. I, I would sort of say that around the time of the takeover and certainly at the time that it was announced that they were going to support us at, at the women's team and, and the foundation that... Um, I did very sort of while I was back in the car trying to warm up. Um, I don't know if any of you um, saw my attempt at a, an interview on BBC Wales. I think it was, um, uh, which which 
yeah, <laughs> four times I had to do that interview because I'd for forgotten what I'd said the previous time. Um, it was, yeah, it was something else. Um, and I, I was cold, so I went back and sat in the car. While I was waiting for the car to warm up, I thought, right, I'm going to privately message Rob uh, McElhenney and see if he replies back. Um, and it basically went along the lines of that. I was just really grateful for, you know, for, for the backing, for the support. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm thinking, okay, he won't reply back. But I just wanted him to know really that, you know, we really appreciated that. Um, and bless him, he did actually reply. Um, oh, fair play. Oh, he's done to it, Tim. I was Still <laughs> <laughs> waiting. Still waiting, Rob. Um, absolutely made up. Um, uh, and I suppose, it, I think, if basically his message said that they, you know, that they, they're willing to back us and, and work with us to to grow and, and become more sustainable Great. as time goes on. Um, so that that was massive in itself it was yeah it was lovely but in mm. in terms of uh speaking to them uh no unfortunately that's where it stopped but i'm sure you know you've got humphrey on the ground haven't you so i'm sure i'm sure you see humphrey and, and you have direct contact with him obviously we do um and he is absolutely brilliant he's lovely um extremely approachable and is willing to hear people out um, he's, he's willing to, to, you know, if you go to, to something that you, you want to be able to get off the ground or you want to be able to, um, certainly get up and running with, with the women's team, which is the, the priority at the moment in relation to us, certainly that, you know, he, he will, he will sit down and he will listen to you and, um, you know, he will give you a fair hearing, which is which is all you can you can ever ask for. But yeah, he's been absolutely brilliant so far, and I, I anticipate that will be the same going forward. Plus, he's a comedian by trade, and I feel like they're going to need a bit of uh, light-hearted comedy over the next few weeks if the injury news is as bad as it keeps coming. Well, he's also yeah. six foot seven, so they might have to play him up front. <laughs> yeah, God, I mean, he, yeah, he's mentioned it a couple of times uh, on, on Twitter. Absolutely massive. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely massive, um, which for somebody like me at five foot two scraping, um, <laughs> you're trying to talk to him, even when you sat down, you're still looking up, you know, but um, he's, yeah, he's a lovely, lovely guy. Um, and, you know, in all fairness, he's, he's somebody that is in, you know, the club, of, of, I would say, you know, lucky to have him with us. So, yeah. It's been really great. In an ideal world, what does the club, what do the fans, what do local businesses re really need to give you to, to give you the best chance of success? I think the, the first one has got to be finance. Um, right. That's, that, that's the biggest one. Hmm. Um, for us, which is where the, the club, are, obviously, they've, they've publicly said that that's going to be, be the case. But... Um, I think on top of that, it's it's just the the backing and support as well, really. Um, yeah. You know that we might not be professional, or certainly at the moment might not be professional, but the aim is to to hopefully become that and right. not in the future. And you know, just to just to have the support really from the club, from from the local community, from beyond, really, I suppose, is would be massive for us. And trying to get away from you know unfortunately there is still those attitudes out there that that women and girls shouldn't be playing football you know we, we've all seen it unfortunately mm. um but it is turning a corner and if we can just have the the respect the support um to allow us to try and build on what we've already got would would, would just mean the absolute world to us so yeah that, those are the biggest things i'd say at the moment Okay, you, you said they have support from sort of beyond. Now, obviously, obviously, our, our our owners now are quite quite high high profile. What sort of support specifically have they given you? I think the first of all, the fact that they've recognised that we have the team in the first place, um, mm. and and there is a women's team that do support. Uh, so we represent the club. They've recognised that 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 in itself is massive for us. So you mm. know, it's to, to have that backing is huge, and they realise that there is um, a real opportunity for success here uh, with, the, with the women's team, um, a, a real opportunity. We've, um, we've currently just, well, we're in the middle of the process at the moment for, for licensing um, for the new FAW structure for the women's um, game in Wales. 
Right. So we, uh, the deadline was last Friday, I believe, and then there are a couple of other processes we will need to go through first. Um, and obviously, if we're successful, then we get our license to enter Tier 2, which is just one division under the Welsh Premier League. So obviously, the, if it all goes to plan, we'll um, move from Tier 2 into Welsh Premier League, ultimately, potentially Women's Champions League, which would be unbelievable if uh, if we can have a Wrexham team back in Europe again, which would be lovely. How far do you think this could go? Say you get every, a fair win behind you, you get the funding you need. How What, what are you looking at as sort of the, the best that you can achieve here? That would that would be a realistic um, target, I'd European say. Knights. At least I'd say so. I don't see why we can't. Um, Amazing. That's Back not at the race course. That's, how lovely would that be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's not me sitting here though, thinking that it's going to be easy because it really isn't. There are some amazing women's teams in the country. There, there really are. Um, so it's it's not going to be an easy job at all. But. Mm. Why can't we put ourselves in the position to be one of those um, top teams and, and one of those teams that, that players do want to come and represent? Um, so, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the aim at the moment anyway. And then who knows after that? I noticed that recently, you know, you'd advertised for a, I think, was it for a physio? And, you know, so that you've had £50,000, haven't you, from, from the new owners on day one? We will is, have, yeah. You will have, right. Yeah. I, I mean, is, is that what that's going towards first and foremost sort of the nuts and bolts of of building the infrastructure around a team absolutely um up until now um it's been our manager luke uh, our assistant manager who is currently um stephen dale but prior to that um it was martin jones and myself um and other than that you know there's that's really been it we've had a couple of sort of staff in and out that have, that have been able to help us along but predominantly it's just been just been a very very core staff so to be able to get a, a therapist in um would would be hugely beneficial for us um we'll, we'll have a goalkeeper coach again we're also looking at um uh, an analyst hopefully in the in the not too distant future as well so you know there, there will be a lot that we'll be adding to to the process and and just to try and give ourselves the best opportunities we possibly can at a, at a club like Wrexham and even you know from a women's perspective we want to give our players the the, the absolute best that we can possibly give them um, and just for, for various reasons we've just not been in a position to do that up until now and forgive me why don't you have that fifty thousand yet to spend I think, well, first of all, the women's team aren't playing at the moment. Um, they, we, did, we did start a pre-season. We did have uh, a few friendly games and, and then obviously uh, the, the second lockdown hit and the, the powers that be just decided that the level that, that our women's team play at, they were not going to start the league at all. Um, so I think what we're, we're looking to do now is just get the building blocks in place ready for that pre-season and then um, yeah. it, it just allows the process just to, to be done properly and just to take a little bit of time to make sure it is done properly. So it, I've got no doubt at all it, it will be coming. Um, <laughs> Well, you don't want to raise some doubts on uh, whether they'll I'm, stick to uh, their word. I'm, I'm, I'm planning for it. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, um, so I'd, that that is that is only you know that's the only reason at the moment it's it's not anything that anything bad that that's been done or said it is just a case at the moment that we're not playing um so tim's ears were pricking up for an exclusive there oh sorry tim, <laughs> even sorry, me. tim. <laughs> okay Gemma. well lots more uh to come from you i'm sure but uh we're delighted you're with us and we always ask all of our guests to join in our regular features which you've kindly agreed to do today so the first thing we're going to do is ask for your most fearless in devotion moment following the town in this segment Gemma we ask our guests for that sort of one special moment that filled them with passion when playing for or following the town. Is there a moment that sort of comes to mind when we talk about that kind of moment? 
This has been quite tricky, um, I'll be honest, because of how long, uh, you know, there's been 30 odd years of, of support in the town. So, yeah, there's been a few to choose from. Um, but I, I've got to say, um, Gary Bennett is thoroughly involved in this. Um, <laughs> now, Benno is my absolute favourite um, and has been for such a long time, honestly. He's uh, still my favourite now, um, even all this time later. There's not really been anyone that's come close. Um, and it is the day that we gained, prom well, it's not the day we gained promotion, but it was the home game shortly after in uh, 93. Um, we played Colchester at home. Mm. And um, obviously we, we, we'd won the game before. I think we actually secured promotion at Northampton, I think the, the, the game before. And obviously the game after was, was at Wrexham the, against Colchester. And it was when he came off the pitch with just his pants on. Um, I remember that pitch invasion. you remember that? <laughs> um, that? That day, I did actually get one of his boots that I've still oh. got. Um, <laughs> you still got it? Still got I got, it. I got Carl Conley's left sock and then this fat guy came behind me, made a fist sort of sign. I had to, I had to hand it over. <laughs> You sure it wasn't Joey Jones? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like running around the pitch going, I've got his sock, I've got his sock. And then this, in fact, I went like that. And I went, oh, well, there you go. So. There was some guy, I mean, in the part of the, the Yale paddock that, that me and my brother actually stood, it was in the, the emptier part. So as mm. you're looking at the tunnel, it's to the left of, of the tunnel. Um, and there wasn't many people in there, but there was me, Carl, and I think there was a... a I don't know, a handful of other people, not, not very many at all. Um, and as obviously they're, they're doing the laps uh, around the ground and, and then Benno threw his boot over the fence. Right. And I could see it and I'm like, there's absolutely no way anybody else is getting that. <laughs> I, I think I was about, I've been at the time, nine, I think. Um, I thought, that's it. No, going for it. I went and got it and there was another bloke going towards it oh. at the same time. I was like, oh no, no, honestly, can you imagine like this, just this like slow, like <laughs> no. slow moment. I was like, oh no. Anyway, very, very luckily I, I did manage to get it. Um, I do still have it. Um, it's, it's upstairs at the moment. Obviously you can imagine in our house um, with, with Gaz being one of his teammates uh, that he does have to look at it on a regular basis. <laughs> um, and a reminder that unfortunately, He's not number one, um, so <laughs> I am very sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, so it's it's that it's that moment. It's that you know it will absolutely live with me forever. Um, getting hold of that boot and then eventually ending up on the pitch with it. Um, and as you said, Andy, running round, you know, waving things around, but I wasn't threatened for it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, that that to me um, is one of my most memorable memorable moments and yeah live with me forever that one it's the age of the pitch invasion we don't get them as much anymore but that was a good one that was one i remember not just yeah. the violence oh, this is right if, if you're listening bring back pitch invasions if that's in your remit somehow there is footage of that i'm gonna have to revisit it i look for a small andy gilpin getting threatened by an adult for <laughs> i think right Back, back then, you were either Bennett or you were Connolly. And I was firmly in the Connolly camp. And I actually went for his left sock because that's his magic foot. <laughs> and I was so, so pleased. I managed to, like, he was on the floor. There was two people holding him down for his shirt. And I just came around and absolutely whipped his sock off. <laughs> poor, poor guy. Oh, the, best, the best 25 seconds of my life. <laughs> <laughs> the worst five. <laughs> yeah. Sounds traumatic. Thank you very much for that, Gemma. And shortly we're going to be getting uh, your uh, clip for History Only Tells a Story. But first of all, we thought that you'd be able to help us out. Uh, maybe you can sort of bring some calm to the proceedings and protect us from the, the inevitable backlash we get every week when we pick a player for our ultimate Wrexham uh, 11 of the last 30 years of our lifetime. So each week, 
We nominate one player in each position to be considered for that Dream Wrexham 11. And the name of the segment is obviously The Mighty Heroes. This week, we'll be picking one of our two centre-backs that we'll have in our 4-4-2 formation. Um, who wants to go first this week? I'll go last. You'll go... Well, I'll go last because I'm going to go last. I was asked. <laughs> uh, I'm going to nominate then. I'm going to say, uh, Tim, you can, you can go first. Are you ready? Um, yeah, hit me with a countdown. Okay, so you've got a countdown. You've got 60 seconds to make your case for that player. Uh, three... Two, one, go. I'm going to go for Mr. Anthony Humes, Tony to you and I. Tony Humes was club captain, had 209 appearances, scored nine goals between 1992 and 1999. He signed in March 92 for Ipswich for £40,000. What an absolute bargain. He was just a solid, really decent captain, mobile, strong in the tackle. He formed a formidable centre-part a centre-half partnership with Mel Pedrick because we got promoted in the 92-93 season. He was just committed, loyal, he was a moral professional and he was just a horrible sod from born in Blythe. So yeah, I just think wrote Tony Hume because he was great and um, yeah, there's no other reason other than that he was great. So yeah. You've got another 15 seconds if there's anything else to add but you, you did, a, did a very good job of that. Uh, no, 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 you know, I just think Tony Hume was brilliant. There's no, no other way around it. I just thought he was very, very good for what he did. And he, you know, he skippered us to promotion. What more do you want? Time is up. Okay, Liam, straight up. Do you want to go next? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready this week. I'm okay. ready. You're ready. Okay, you're <laughs> going to fill up the full 60 maybe. All right, great. Okay, three, <laughs> three, two, one, go. Okay, so the player I'm going for this week was a linchpin of the 98-point season. Now, Mark Crichton was quite literally the beast of that back line. But that's not who I'm going for. Alongside every beast, you need the beauty, and Nat Knight Purcell was a Rolls <laughs> Royce at the heart of defence. Uh, whereas Beast was the more dominant in the end, Nat Knight Purcell was comfortable playing the ball out with his feet, with grace like a swan, and to get play moving from the back. He didn't have the most conventional journey. He joined us as a winger from Histon for the sum of £5,000, and it's fair to say he didn't really set the world alight in that position. Let's not make any bones about it. Uh, but it was shortly before the 98-point season that Dean Saunders, rarely to his credit, will I give him, but um, suggested trying a different position, and the rest, as they say, is history. He went on to join Peterborough United and has enjoyed a good career in the Football League, the likes of Shrewsbury and Bradford City. Ten seconds. So I, form I formally nominate Nathaniel Knight, Knight Percival, the beauty of the 98-point season. Beautifully done. Wow, Liam, you've uh, bang on 60 ah, seconds. Metaphors, similes, just beautifully <laughs> written. Well done. It's I amazing feel... what you do when you can pen an essay like Gilpin <laughs> rather than just writing bullet points like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, thought, I, thought, I get the impression that Andy puts in a lot of uh, revision each week, so I thought I'd best do a bit of my own. He delivers it like Hamlet, doesn't he? <laughs> Andy, you're on mute, mate. <laughs> Andy's Andy's yapping away furiously, but it's, I, I mean revision. I go on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, seen as Andy's nabbed uh, last position, I'm going next. Uh, can someone tie me in, please? Go. Well, he's already been mentioned. I'm going to pick the other centre back from our 98 point season in the conference uh, national league. Sorry, the beast, of course, Mark Crichton. Uh, 78 appearances for the town, four goals. Uh, obviously, these days you can hear from the beast mainly as a as a co-commentator on the live streams, where he's known for his no-nonsense comments for both sides. A bit like how he played, a rock at the centre during for us for that season in particular. Formed a superb partnership with NKP, great in the air and a threat from corners as well. We really missed him when he went for that. If you remember that, I always remember that header against Brighton in the replay. Uh, of the trophy in extra time, just wish that went in. Sorry, probably not the best example to pick one that didn't go in, but still, uh, you know, great player. We won't mention that he scored the own goal against Fleetwood. That, that uh, Ten seconds. Cost us, it wasn't his fault. But yeah, an absolute um, rock at the back. And that season, really, we always talk about that season. It was absolutely forged on a superb back four, and he was the main part of it. Uh, Andy, then you, uh, once again, diva-like, uh, made sure that you're last. I, I mean, you, you'll know why I'm going last once as soon as I say, say his name. Yeah, well, we know who it is. Can so let's, 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 let's stop with that pretense. Yeah, go on then, Tim. You counted him in. So, uh... Right. Three, two, one, go. It's Hatching Ben Sharif. 
No, it's not. It's, it has to be <laughs> Joseph Patrick Jones. He is Wrexham AFC. 376 games, sorry, over three spells in 19 years. In between that was a small matter of the European Cup and a league championship with Liverpool. He was an icon wherever he was, wherever he went. There was that banner about Mission Gladbach. They still tell stories about him at Chelsea. But it's at Wrexham where he's truly synonymous. Tenacious as a player, Joey made the most of his ability and never took anything for granted despite 72 caps for Wales. He fulfilled nearly every role behind the scenes too, from coach to youth development to even caretaker boss, all with a clinch, sorry, a, a clinch fist salute on demand. You say never meet your heroes, but everyone like Joey, he was a top fella to talk to in a time for everyone. Well, everyone except referees. The only drawback is that Joey wouldn't stay on the pitch nowadays. But Joey was more than a crunching tackle. He would have adapted. Legends like Joey Jones always do. I forgot to give you 10 seconds. I was so in the zone then. Well, oh, I would have speeded Gil- up. Gilpin like practices. He practices these in front of the mirror. He knew it was 60 seconds bang on. He's got an auto cue unit to the right. <laughs> no, it's simple. I just write 12 pars. Okay. It was go. beautiful, but um, can we address the elephant... In the room that is centre back, really is not his. No, no the thing is, this is, is where I'm going to get you, Liam, because we're doing this on people <laughs> we have seen play, and I have only ever seen Jerry Jones play at centre back. So was he a decent centre back? Uh, I mean, I was eight, so everyone seemed decent then. But uh, no, Joey, Joey held his own. A guy who's won the European Cup uh, can hold his own against uh, Aldershot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. And Histon. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how much we can realistically debate this, Gemma. Do you, do you, do you, have, do you have any? Do you want to go from? Do you, do you have any thoughts? Well, uh, when I knew that you were doing this this little segment, um, mm. the one that I would have thought of um, was Tony Humes. Um, mm. Wow. Mainly because, only because, only because, <laughs> Joey, um, I love Joey. Uh, I absolutely have just got all the time in the world for him. He's amazing. Um, but I wasn't lucky enough to sort of see him play that much. Um, and I'm honestly, can't, I can't tell you how good I am. I've seen many clips um, and he, he's just, he's just a wonderful player, wasn't he? The one that sticks out and I, I can't remember for the life of me who they were playing against us. He was actually playing one of the fullbacks though, where he has just gone through some blood. Uh, <laughs> what yeah. unbelievable tackle. Then got up and then decided he hadn't touched him. Um, <laughs> I <remember that> <laughs> which I think just sums him up and he, he's just he's just a wonderful player. Um, but the, the one that I'd seen more and managed to watch for, for the entire time, obviously, that he, he was at Rex and was Tony Humes, and he's who I would have said um, as, as my choice if I was... Uh, if I was a cheap. very wise, wise choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, has Tony Humes won the European Cup? Has Tony Humes won yeah, 72 agree. international caps? Has Tony Humes ever won the league championship? Can we just say Joey because he's Joey? Um, I don't think he might, yeah, he might hurt Liam as well. Just, yeah. Well, do you know what, Liam? Um, your choice actually came up as well in discussion. Um, oh, no. NK, no, no, on a positive note, because oh. NKP, when he moved into a centre back position, was a bit of a revelation. Yeah, um, and he was, he was again an absolute wonderful player, um, playing with Kreitz at the back there. So, do you know what? There, there's a call for. All of them. Um, yeah. I think we need Judge Gemma on every week. This this brings <laughs> a degree of some balance, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, put my weight behind Joey for this one. Joey uh, got my vote. Yeah. I think, like I mean, Gemma says, there's an argument for all of them, isn't there? But uh, do we want but, to be those people who don't put Joey Jones in a team? And uh, <laughs> Liam, what the question you've got to ask yourself is: Do you want to clench fist salute in the face? <laughs> Well, pre- preferably not really. I'm quite, I quite value my face. So, um, if we don't reason, pick, might... if we don't pick Joey, the the Twitter account's going to lose a thousand followers overnight. So, <laughs> pick Joey. 
Let's yeah. let's bow to the mob. No, uh, <laughs> taking a very very well deserved place in our mighty heroes is Joey Jones. Welcome to the team. Gemma, you've supplied a clip that I believe Andy is getting ready to play for us. Tell us, first of all, what is that clip? What have you got for us? Um, it's, again, real tricky one to act. You know, there's been some fab moments and, and ones that have been documented um, on film. But the one that's come to mind um, is the Wrexham faithful singing. Wrexham is the name after winning the trophy final against Grimsby. Um, uh, we were aware of this song. Hearing that song um, at Wembley um, after after winning there was unbelievable. What a day it was, anyway. Quality. Great it's memories. Good. Anyway, it's gone on like, for some time, really. Yeah. Quite, <laughs> yeah. quite a lengthy one, and whoever it is who's filmed it is absolutely going for it. And I just think it's just—it's <laughs> just brilliant. Um, but yeah, stay, staying behind after that game. Um, obviously, the players are working their way around as well um, with the trophy and 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 what have you. And but listening to that being belted out in a in a stadium like Wembley after. You know, little old Rex and winning at, um, at Wembley. Yeah, it was uh, an absolute amazing experience, and that that footage, that clip, just sums it up wonderfully. I think. You're listening to Feel Us in Devotion. More now from our conversation with the head of female football at Wrexham AFC, Gemma Owen. It's never bothered me uh, as a female watching Wrexham. I've never experienced anything negative at all. Um, I've loved it. I've thoroughly loved growing up watching Wrexham and and still continue for that to be the case. But to have, uh, you know, for for a little girl to come in uh, to our little turn up and play sessions at four or five years old and have that opportunity now to to move through the the pathway that we've got and the fact that we will assist other local grassroots clubs to help get their their participation numbers up and and then ultimately have a a, what will hopefully be a a Welsh Premier League women's side at the end of it allwards. Yeah, I'd say it would be a massively proud achievement to, to be able to to get that in place as a Wrexham fan would, yeah, it'd be fantastic so yeah it's exciting is there another club um in i guess in wales particularly that you see the ethos you see their setup and you think that's where we're going to aim to be i guess in the short term um i suppose the one that jumps to mind really is uh cardiff met um cardiff met a, a fantastic team who've got as far as i'm aware very, very good facilities with, I suppose, being a uni team, um, just have a, that access to, to things that we're hoping that we will uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, Swansea are obviously a, a massive uh, force in women's football as well. And, and you see them quite regularly on on uh, your Scorio, for example, or uh, the social media sites. And, you know, they, they play in, in full Swansea kit which, you know, I, I think that that is a big thing in itself to, to play in your main club's kit, which, which we do um, as well. So I, I think that goes a long way. So I'd say those two teams probably are the ones who jump out at the moment. Obviously, I feel like women's football's come a very long way in a short space of time. I thought it feels it's obviously become more prominent. We see it on the telly now. Um, it just seems to have grown sort of exponentially, really, really bigger than, than what it ever was before. In terms of all that growth and all the progress with regards to that, do you think we're going to see anytime soon a kind of mixed gender professional football or female versus men's teams? That still seems to be almost non-existent as far as I'm aware. 
Oh, that's a great question. That. Um, oh, uh, that's a tricky sorry, one. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry to put you on the spot. Andy, Andy's pen. Andy's pen is quivering. He's ready. For that. <laughs> that, that is a that is a tricky one. Um, I don't know if if that would ever come to fruition. Um, I think there's a lot of people's attitudes that would probably still need to change for that to happen. Yeah, I'd, I'd still, I'd still, if possible, like to see the women's game reach the levels that it, it can do first. And then after that, yeah, who knows? But I mean, it, you know, there are countless other sports that you see it happening mm-hmm. um, where there are males and females playing at the same time uh, and, and obviously on the same side and doubles tennis, they do it. Um, for example, I've seen it done in netball before now um, where there are more males playing, playing netball. Um, and, uh, and alongside them on the same teams as females. So I don't see why it can't happen. Um, but I, I do think there are a lot of attitudes that would need to change first to, to see that. In, in res- regarding the attitudes, is that just in respect of the sort of the sexism and the sort of misogyny that still exists around it in certain circles? And, you know, that's that's always going to be a struggle to get rid of it fully, obviously. Yes, but yeah. Th- th- I- th- those still exist. We're becoming a much more tolerant society across the board, I feel. So you'd like to think going forward that the potential is going to be there. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it's, it has changed a lot. Um, and, and certainly with the, the, the players at the very, very top level um, where, you know, people are re- watching it and realising, you know what, this, this is not as, as low level as people are, uh, you know, have, have assumed it is. Mm. Hopefully, our women's team will, but will start to show that you know that we can do it as well, and and ultimately start to to change any perceptions ourselves, which would be great. Yeah, but catchment wise, catchment area wise, could we have a Welsh international playing for Wrexham? I don't see why not. Um, we've got players at the moment within our, our youth teams. Um, they do play for for their grassroots teams external to us as well, but. Mm. Um, you know, there are a, a few players that could potentially be in and around there um, in, in the not too distant future. Um, th- there's one that is already in and around uh, the under 15s Wales setup. Um, she isn't one of our players at the moment, um, but she did go from us to Everton. Um, so we're still, she's still a huge Wrexham fan. We keep in touch with her regularly. She did come in to train with us when she couldn't obviously travel over the border very recently due to COVID restrictions. So she's definitely one to keep an eye out uh, on, on that one. So uh, a big, big, massive hello uh, to Lily and her dad, Gareth, as well. Some of you will probably have come across Gareth before, uh, Gareth Powell-Jones. Um he is uh, a lovely, lovely guy, and they're a lovely, lovely family. So um, I, I'd love for Lily to be able to make it to the very, very top. So we've got to build the war chest to get Lily back, basically, at the club. That's what it sounds uh, like. Well, <laughs> no, we have nice. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. Okay, it's prediction time now for uh, the next two games. We have a game on Easter Monday, which is Torquay at home, and then uh, Stockport uh, at home then, I think, on on the following Saturday. So, both at home. Mm. The quandary we've got at the moment is how are we going to work stuff out up front? The whole sort of of ethos of the side has been hitting a target man and getting the likes of Angus to work off him. We don't have that at the moment. I think it's going to be a period of readjustment. I think it's probably going to be a draw on Monday and I'm going to go for one each. And then I think after a a couple more days on a training pitch, I've got a feeling we might sneak it on Saturday and I'm going to go 2-1. Tim, how do you see him going? I'm kind of going to go for a reverse to Andy. Um, Talky... One today, Danny Wright scored from um, his first appearance since Boxing Day. So you just know Danny Wright's going to score against us on Monday. However, <laughs> we are going to sneak it. We're going to sneak that one 2-1 with a sort of late penalty. I don't know who's going to score it, but look, well, Young won it. Billy Young. So I'm going to go 2-1 against Torquay. Stockport, they're unbeaten in six, and they've got a bit of a hoodoo on us in recent seasons. And I don't see that changing. So I'm going to go for a... A goalless draw in that one, nil-nil. Liam? 
Uh, well, my predictions were going to be pretty much the same as Andy, but I'm loath to go the same as Andy Gilpin and massage his ego. So um, for that reason, I'm going to go 1-0 to Wrexham against Torquay. I'm going to be optimistic in the face of a lot of adversity for us. And then I think against Stockport, I'm actually going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a two-all draw just because, just because I want to be different. Well, why not? Um, so down to me again. Uh, oh dear. I mean, if if you know Potnicelli's pulled up with a hamstring, he's obviously going to be out of at least Monday, possibly Stockport as well. <sighs> I, I, I realise I'm getting a reputation here and I don't want people to think I'm in a massively so a negative. It's a 6-0 defeat and an 8-0 <laughs> defeat. I, I also don't want to uh, have the forfeit and lose the, uh, lose the predictions league. So I'm going gonna, gonna to stick my neck out. And I, 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 similar to Tim, I've got a horrible feeling about Monday. I think it's, it's going to be a tough ask, I think, bouncing back from today. It was a real, real body blow. So I'm going to say a 1-0 win for Torquay. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, I, went, I went for a win on Monday, so don't drag me into that mind game. I've gone for a win on Monday. Oh, sorry. Fine. Um, yeah, uh, and then Stockport. Um, I'll say we'll bounce back against Stockport and, and, and get a 2-1 get a, a win. There we are. How about that? Never predict defeat. Oh. Change across the Sorry, board. is this is this segment who wants Wrexham to win the most? Because I mean, I want them to win. I just don't think we will on Monday. And it doesn't mean I don't think they're good. It's just it's I think it means you're not a real supporter. I think, is I think it? All right, fine. <laughs> I think seeing as seeing as our guest has hung around to make us look like pillocks doing our predictions, I think Gemma, you should um, absolutely your your idea of who you think I, I think we're going to get on in these next two games as well. Oh yeah, two. Two tricky games, aren't they? Um, and especially with, as you said, Danny Wright being back. Uh, mm. I didn't know that uh, from today. So <laughs> More bad yeah. news. <laughs> yeah, true. Ch- tricky one. But but I'm, I'm going to have to go with you again, Tim, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think we might nick it. Um, nick it against Torquay. Stockport might be just that little bit more tricky but i still think we might get a result there so uh common yeah. sense yeah we really don't we need to wrap angus up in a shed load of bubble wrap between now and monday yeah don't now and the rest of the season i mean i think the thing yeah. with angus is he works very well off a target man because he's the sort yeah. of person who works a channel and will pick up scraps and to ask him to be the actual the main center forward it's, it's a tough ask. Yeah. I mean, he's a very talented player, very quick, very direct, but I think he just works a little bit better either channel. So I do wonder if for some of the matches they might look at putting a big man up front and the only ones we've got left is Kelleher and, and Pearson. Convert Ryan Austin, stick him up there. He's a big lad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. Anyway, let's... Uh... Sorry if we sounded a bit downcast in the podcast today, but uh, we're all a bit reeling from that uh, from uh, today's game. Let's hope we can bounce back on Monday. Yes, I do hope we win. I don't care that I've predicted that we're going to lose. Um, Gemma, thanks again for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and um, thanks for listening. Uh, oh, remember, you can email us in at uh, fearlessindevotion at gmail.com and tweet us at fearlessindevotion. Uh, but until next time, see you soon. Goodbye. See you. Yeah. See you.